0: Welcome to the Blue Cord Podcast. This is a place where everyday Christian women like you get inspired to be authentic witnesses in your daily life, so that people who don't know Jesus come to know Him and make Him known. Hey there, Blue Cord friend. Lately, I've been having some rich and deep conversations with Blue Cord friends about what God has been teaching us about knowing God and making Him known. One of those women is today's guest, Laura Woodworth. She's an award-winning writer, screenwriter, producer, and director, and her new devotional Through the Valley debuted as number one new release in religious faith in the first week. Laura, welcome. It's so great to have you back as a guest on this podcast.
1: It's wonderful to be here, Karen. Thank you so much for inviting me. I love what's happening through the blue
0: cord. Oh, yes, me too. It's so exciting. So before we dive into our topic today, tell us a little bit about what prompted you to write Through the Valley.
1: The full title is Through the Valley, Move Your Life Forward in God. And what I was seeing, even years out from the pandemic, many people are still trying to get their bearings. Whether they lost their jobs or not, whether they got COVID or not, it's like people are still trying to find their way through this quote, new normal. Yeah. And so I wrote this devotional as really a compassionate hand up or a friendly push to help people get their life back in gear with renewed vision for what God really has for them in this season of their lives.
0: I love it. And I know that's exactly what it does. It's been really exciting to see you go through this journey to write the devotional and then launch it for just such a time as this. And so I would love for you to share today with our blue cord friend about how God first stirred your heart for nonbelievers, because I know you have a real heart for the nations who live among us. And I'm so curious if there was ever a time when maybe doubt or unbelief impacted your own Christian witness, or have you always been so bold?
1: (laughs) That's a wonderful question. And Kieran, from the moment I first encountered God in a personal, tangible way, I have had a desire to share what I've found with other people. Mm. So I was 18 when I met him, and I'd grown up in church, and I knew about God, but I never really knew him. And I met him when I was 18 years old, and immediately I wanted to share this newfound Christianity with people around me. So I'm 18 years old. I'm just out of high school, really. I'm yeah. in college. But I did the only thing that I knew to do to begin with, and that was I went and bought some Christian tracts, and uh-huh. I went back to the high school that I had graduated from. And I stood on the corner as the kids were being released from, from classes, and I handed out tracts.
0: Check and you And I out. invited
1: people, these high school students, I invited them to Enter into a relationship with God like I had. And that kind of was the beginning for Mm -hmm. me. And I was very zealous. I can't say I did everything right, but at least I tried because when I encountered God, I really did a 180. I Mm. completely turned my life around to live for Him. And that led to serving in the church, in the local church. And eventually my husband and I went on the mission field for a stint. And even what I'm doing now in film and television and in as an author, I am continuing that mission mindset of how can I make Jesus known in the earth? How can I share with other people what I've encountered at the cross? How can I help lead others into this same relationship with God? And I will say that there was a time where I felt like that had waned. And honestly, it really came back to some of the teaching that was in the church that I was involved in, hmm. simply because there were so many good things happening in the church. So the main call to action for the congregants was get people into church where they can hear the word of God and experience him there, Mm -hmm. which is beautiful. And we want to do that, but it's almost like it led toward a mentality of, oh, all I need to do is get people in the doors. Yeah, All I need to do is get them to come and sit in a church service. And I think I relied on that more than I did For walking in those uncomfortable places sometimes of really sharing my faith with other people. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, by the grace of God, I realized what was happening. And I have worked really hard over the past few years to regain that personal commitment to share my faith one on one with people. Wherever I meet them, in the grocery store, in the neighborhood, online, just to share again the faith that I've experienced and do that fishing for men that Jesus talked about. Throwing out the good bait, the good hook. Look at what God's done in my life. Just imagine
0: what he can do in yours. Yes. I love your transparency in that because I think that is so many people's story, at first, especially when our lives are dramatically transformed, we cannot help but shout it from the rafters. And then as we begin to grow our faith and get plugged in, sometimes we enter that stage where we're lukewarm. And I think part of the biggest challenges is realizing that's happened and then evaluating, wow, if that's me, now what do I do? And Mm -hmm. so you shared some really good steps about that. Let's talk about this. I know Especially for myself personally, there's been a direct correlation between how deeply I know and experience God in my own walk with Him and how I make Him known, like a direct correlation. So how is that relationship with God impacting, impacted how you
1: share your faith? I've said this before in other realms, and it's just very true and dear to my heart. Without God, I am nothing. Mm. with Him, I can change the world. And I strongly believe that. Who am I? I really am nothing. I'm a woman who's doing my best to live for God, doing my best to raise my family. But I know that if I don't have God in my life, I'm not going to be able to accomplish those things that are maybe around my heart or that I know I should be doing. And so I've lived my life For many years with just a regular routine of daily times with God. And for me, what that looks like is a cup of tea sitting at my kitchen table with my Bible open before me and with a notebook and pen in my hand because I expect to listen to God and there to pour my heart out to God. But I'm also there to listen to God and to hear his commentary on life, his commentary on how I should manage this or that. And so I very much base my life on the word of God and just spending time in the word and meditating on it. And then doing my best to live that out, but again, with a complete reliance on God, because without Him, Mm -hmm. I am nothing. Yes. (laughs) But with Him, I really can change the world. I can change my neighborhood. I can change that spiritual sense within my city, even. If I put God first in all that I do.
0: Amen. That's my own experience too. The more deeply I am dwelling and marinating and listening to God's word, it's absolutely transformative and brings a kind of boldness that doesn't come in your own personal walk. Let's take a quick break for me to share some big news. If you've been loving this Blue Cord podcast, then I think you're going to love our Blue Cord Women's Conference coming on September 29th and 30th in Dallas, Texas in 2023. Now, that's the last weekend in September, so mark your calendar now so that you can make plans to join us and maybe even come with a carload of friends. More details will be coming soon, and we're going to be needing volunteers to help with that. So if that's something you'd be interested in, just drop me an email to karen, K-A-R-E-N, at ihopeministries.org. Thanks so much. Now back to the program. Laura, I just got back from a trip to the Middle East with a group of Blue Cord Women. And one of the things that really struck me this time is this. The larger the world that we live in, meaning the more we're bumping up against others' faiths and cultures and experiences that are very different than our own, the larger our faith life grows and then the more courageous and confident we become at cheering mm. Christ. And I think this has been my experience. I don't think that we can grow our faith to maturity when we spend all of our time in these safe little bubbles or circles with fellow believers. And I know you've experienced this too.
1: I've had those opportunities to write and reach literally hundreds of thousands of people through the internet, through an article or a U version Bible devotional plan. But what I found widens my world the best is simply by having an awareness of the world that's around me right now, mm-hmm. an awareness of when I go to the grocery store, looking for the opportunities, looking for the hurting people, looking for the open people literally looking for those opportunities to share my faith on a one-on-one basis, on a larger basis. And I think if we have that sense that God has a purpose for us on this earth, he's put us here to encourage and inspire the woman in the cubicle next door to us or the young couple across the street from us in the neighborhood, He's put us here on the earth to inspire them to know God, to inspire them to take a leap of faith and commit their lives into his hands. And so just having that realization of there are opportunities around us. God has called us to step into those opportunities. And it's almost like as soon as we'll take even a tiny step of faith in through the door. Mm -hmm. It's like God just rushes in to be right there with us and help us share a good word, help us share a kind thought with someone. For me, widening my world begins with just having an awareness of the world around me right here and now. Mm -hmm. And then what happens when you throw a, a stone in a pond? It just kind of ripples out from there. It's almost like your step of faith into the world around you, ripples out from there and opens up and expands your horizon.
0: Oh, for sure. As you're sharing that, it makes me just think very practically. It's like we're wired to focus on the things we need to do for our families, the grocery store, at the dry cleaner, (laughs) pick up this, that, or the other, and we're always in very internal focus. But what you're talking about is a very external focus. So God so loved the world, right? God's always working on people all around us. So how do we then shift our focus from our internal world to the external world in a very intentional way. And that to some extent means we have to pick up our cross and do some things that are uncomfortable outside of our own personal agenda. And so Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, very practical ways. How do you do that with more intention?
1: I think it comes down to putting a requirement on our lives. Us putting the requirement. God will love us. No matter what we do, right? He'll love us if we never share. He'll love us if we speak to thousands and millions. But it comes down to putting a requirement on our lives. For example, our church had beautiful signs for Easter, like the kind of signs that you put out in your yard Mm -hmm. to say, we're having an Easter service here, the times, and it's just a fun way it's a passive way to invite people to church and let them know that hey if you want to find a church to go to on easter here's one you can attend and we brought one of those signs home but i had put a requirement on my life i'm like if i'm going to stick a sign in my yard about a church service I'm going to also go to all of the neighbors around me and personally invite them. Yeah. I'm not going to rely on that nice little sign in my yard to do the work of evangelism for me and stepping into that uncomfortable, sometimes awkward space when I made myself do it. And maybe what we normally do is just wave over the fence or wave as so we're driving by. And it turned into a wonderful adventure as I got to know my neighbors, got to know some of their needs, some of their joys. And I was able to share in those. And it's not like I went out and prayed with each neighbor. However, there was one neighbor that I did pray with Mm -hmm. and that I have an ongoing relationship with now simply because I put a requirement on my life to go out and share, Mm -hmm. share the joy.
0: I love it, a requirement on your life. Another way to say that is I built in a rule for my life or it's an intentionality about how you live your life, which is really incredible when you think your kids are watching you build these rules in, and you may not even be realizing how deeply it impacts them. I know that one of my friends, Jason and his wife, Laura, they are very intentional with how they tie their time so that they are booking time on their calendar with intention to invite international students over for dinner or to do laundry or those kinds of things at least once a quarter. And their daughter has grown up now seeing and meeting all these people from other nationalities and nations and religions around their dining room table, and she's seen all these vibrant conversations that quickly turn to spiritual things, and then she's watched how her parents have modeled for her How to be an authentic witness just right there at the kitchen table. And so you bring up a really good point, like how do we build in these rhythms and these rules for our lives so that we are intentional with our witness? Love it. So Laura, one other thing that I've really found for my own walk that helps me widen my world is when I am purposeful about engaging with believers from other faith backgrounds, And I hear their stories and I just am purposeful about engaging with people who are not like me, whether they have a different race, a different socioeconomic background, is just Mm -hmm. engage with them with some really curious questions. And I found that has absolutely widened my world and helped me to be far more compassionate and far more empathetic. And I know you've experienced the same thing. I just would love to hear your thoughts about that. It
1: comes back around to that awareness, really a spiritual awareness, a spiritual sensitivity. There was a time when I was on a set in Hollywood. It was for a feature film. And I'm only a background actor, okay? (laughs) But you're sitting in the makeup chair, and I had a wardrobe and makeup person who was taking care of me. And she had tattoos Mm -hmm. all over her body. Now, I do not have a tattoo, and that's outside of my realm. Mm -hmm. And I could have just kept silent. I could have made a comment. But instead, I simply asked the question, is there a significance to your tattoos? Yeah. And she told me the wonderful story of how when she was a little girl, her family had planned a birthday party for her at Disneyland. And they, as was the custom, invited everybody in her class to join her for the special outing. And it's really a pretty big deal to go to Disneyland. Yeah, it is. And so the day came and no one showed up. Oh, no. Not a single one of her classmates showed up. And ever since that birthday, her father has made a point of taking her to Disneyland for her birthday, but it's a daddy-daughter date. They make the most of the day. Mm. And they've done that for years and years. And what she began doing is tattooing Disneyland characters all over her body. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and marking two things, reminding her of the unkindness of the world, but also reminding her of her father's love. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful story, and I would have never heard it if I hadn't simply asked yeah. and shown interest in her life. And we had an interaction, and it didn't go real deep, but I was able to empathize with her and show her that I cared. And sometimes that goes a really long way in a person's life, especially when they've run into the cruelties of the world. Sometimes, just to have another person who sees them and cares and starts opening the door into their life, that can pave the way for salvation.
0: For sure. As you were sharing that, it made me think about how we as believers are called to be light bearers. And so, in that specific instance, you are a light bearer, and each one of us can mm-hmm. do that same thing. Any last words, anything else on your heart related to this topic?
1: I want to share something from one of the last chapters in my devotional book, "Like Through the Valley, Move Your Life, Word and God. And it's a story, is called Another Opportunity to Believe. And it's a story in the Bible where Jesus and his disciples were in one city and the Pharisees were after Jesus. It was a very dangerous time and as he was really being hunted down. Mm -hmm. And the news came from Judea that Jesus' friend Lazarus was sick. And Mm -hmm. Lazarus' two sisters begged Jesus to come because they knew that his healing touch could save their brother. But he stayed where he was for two more days. And here's what's interesting. The disciples didn't prod Jesus. They didn't say, hey, shouldn't we go? Mm. They did not urge him. To go back to the city because they knew there was a price on Jesus' head back in Judea. Yeah. And who knows what would have happened to them if they had gone. Right. And it was a moment of hesitation for the disciples. They could have encouraged Jesus. They could have said, yeah, let's go. But instead, they just kept their mouth shut. Mm. They didn't want to go in that dangerous, uncomfortable place. And Jesus finally replied to them, and he spoke to them, and he spoke to their fear, and he said, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I am glad I wasn't there, because this will give you another opportunity to believe in me. In those words, another opportunity to believe in me, when they were hesitant, when they were fearful, when they were not going to go, Yes, Jesus is giving them another opportunity to believe, to see a miracle. They finally went and they saw the miracle of the dead raised to life. And for us today, I think if we can just move past our hesitation, if we can move past our fear, we'll have those opportunities, those God-given opportunities to believe, And to see what Jesus can do in the life of another person.
0: That is such a beautiful picture. To wrap things up today, Laura, thank you so much for joining us. You've given us a lot to think about. So I want to hold just a few minutes here to think through again some of the big themes that you shared today I especially love the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead in fact I've been I've been marinating about that specific verse all week long and I have been praying that the Lord would give me those kind of awe-filled eyes as I look around I imagine the people must have felt as they Watched with awe as Lazarus got up and walked. And
1: yes, yes. Oh, and what an amazing moment, right?
0: I know. And sweet Martha, who says to Jesus, Of course, I know you're going to raise him in the last days. And Jesus says to her, Basically, I'm paraphrasing, everything is possible <laughs> through God. So, what a good word in closing today. Everything is possible with God. And we would just rely and trust in him. And Look for the people that we can have compassion with all around us. It doesn't have to be big sweeping things. It can be small things.
1: That's very good. That's so true. So
0: good. So <laughs> my Blue Cord friend, I just want to invite you. You can take your learning deeper on this topic by reading the Blue Cord. And I encourage you to get Laura's devotional. Laura, why don't you tell us again how they can get that and where they can find it?
1: If you just go to laurawoodworth.com or com. You can find all about it, and it's available in all your favorite bookstores. So, great. If you get it, please come back to me on my website and let me know what you think. I'd love to hear thoughts and comments.
0: Absolutely. And hey, if you'd like to get more inspiration and tips and stay plugged into all things Blue Cord, like this, more tips and ideas for being a bold witness in a dark and dreary world, I encourage you to sign up for our weekly newsletter You can do that on our website, thebluecord.org. And we're closing out this season four. We only have just a very short amount of episodes left before we take a break for the summer. So I thank you for tuning in, and we'll talk to you again next week thanks for joining me. I'd love to know more about you and how this podcast is serving you. Make sure to sign up to get our weekly emails on the website at thebluechord.org. Then when you get an email from me, you can jot me back a note. If you're enjoying the Blue Chord podcast or the book, would you post an online review so that others know what to expect? That would mean a lot. Thanks so much. Have a great week.